Dr. Malachi Z. York have devoted his visit to this planet to the resurrection of the mentally dead, which he affectionately referred to it as mummies. Never did he know that the evil one had done such a great job with these people, both mentally and physically, as to have them hate self and kind. His greatest dilemma and hindrance has been the black devil, born amongst you and by you, married to you, socializing with you, praying in the same sacred houses of worship as you. But secretly, they have a spiritual pact with the devil, which makes it near impossible for them to total surrender to Nawapu. But for the few chosen from the many called, he sifts to find those beings that wish to become one with the Supreme in all. So he, the Supreme Grand Harifant, Amun Nebi, Red Akata, as known throughout the mystical schools, the incarnation of Tehuti, Thoth, student of the great tomb known as Atumre, the first point of resurrection from ignorance, to the right knowledge, the right wisdom, and the right understanding. Dr. Malachi Z. York has blended in with each of the religions most interesting to his people. He has lived as one of them, practiced as one of them, in order to reveal the misconceptions of these doctrines that have plagued and diseased the minds of his people. Among the Arabs of al-Islam in the degree of Mohammedism, he was known as Asayyad Isa al-Hadi al-Maqi, or simply Imam Isa. Being fluent in the many dialects as well as the classical Arabic language, he translated word for word without biasness in favor of the Islamic religion, the Quran, from Syriac Arabic into English. He sat beneath the great Shahuf as a student, one of which was Mahmud Muhammad Mahmud, and the great master, Karama Shaq al-Husan of the Kalawatiya order of Sufis out of Sudan, as a Mahdiya or Ansar. As a Moorish American, under Noble Jew Ali as M. York L., he republished and revised the Holy Quran, Circle 7. Their connection with the NOI, Nation of Islam, known as the Black Muslims, encouraged him to do an in-depth study of the teachings of Master W.D. Fard, a law in person, to his final messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He released several books explaining in depth their doctrine, which led him to another ex-member of the Nation of Islam called Clarence 13X, a self-styled Allah who founded the 5% Nation of Gods and Goddesses. Dr. York collected data and published the Problem Book their interpretation of the English class lessons of the nation of Islam. Amongst the Hebrew Israelites, while in the degree of Mosesism, he was known as Rabboni Yahshua Bar El-Hadi. As a Hebrew, he was bar mitzvah by the great Rabbi Matthews of Harlem. Through the school of Judaism, he translated the Torah and the Psalms from the ancient Hebrew into English. Amongst the Christians, in the degree of Christism, he was known as Reverend Malachi D. York, or Dr. York, pastor and founder of the Egyptian Church of Karath, Christ, through the school of Christism. He translated and explained the book of Revelation from Galilean Arabic and the ancient Greek. In this day and time, he received the new holy tablet, our own scripture that each day, as scientists, astronomers, and the like, uncover new evidence confirming that it was indeed divinely inspired. And is not merely a book, but a revelation, a holy scripture with prophecies of the future which are manifesting daily. Also, he translated the book of the coming forth by day called the Egyptian Book of the Dead from hieroglyphics as Amanubira Akata. He also released a series of books called Behind the Nine Ball and Bible Interpretations and Explanations. He felt it was his duty as the true reformer and savior to his people to make that which is unclear clear. 
He have also revealed the doctrine of those called the Hebrew Israelites and the like, with a series of books called 360 Questions to Ask, and three volumes of over 1,000 pages, each entitled The Degree of Mosesism, The Degree of Christism, and Degree of Mohammedism, covering any question that anyone could have pertaining to any of the three monotheistic religions. He has also traveled the rough and rugged path of Freemasonry and have arrived at the imperial grand potentate internationally of the ancient Arabic and Oriental order, nobles of the mystic shrine, New Mecca Temple, number 11, and IGP of AEO and NMS al Mati Temple, northern and southern jurisdiction, the worshipful master of Nuwabian Grand Lodge, AF and AM, also deputy... Grand Master Pride of Georgia Grand Lodge, AF and AM, 33rd Scottish Rite Freemason of Amos Grand Lodge of Macon, Georgia. He entered the Order of the Acacia under the most worshipful master, the illustrious Charles Tinsley, 33rd degree at King Solomon's Lodge, number four of Brooklyn, New York, the Grand Enoch Lodge in Brooklyn, New York, on Putnam and Nostrum Avenue. Prince Hall affiliated, and of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite Freemasonry, AF and AM jurisdiction of Georgia, called Zerubbabel, Grand Chapter, Royal Arch, Mason, United States and Canada. His travels took him throughout the world, from sitting with the mystics and the monks, under the Tibetan master, Lama Mutkukuma of China, to the Grand Lodge in Cairo, Egypt, Northeast Africa, to being a member of the Rosicrucian Order since 1974, as well as Astara Mystic Order since 1975 AD, for more than 25 years. As the Supreme Grand Hierophant of the Ancient Egyptian Order, AEO, Mir Number no. 9, his family has been Freemasons for generations in Virginia's then Shriners Temple Number no. 122. Newport News, Virginia, and Daughters of Isis, Zen Court, number 98, Prince Hall affiliated. He stepped on to the White Lodge Freemasonry from the black Egyptian mystery as Tahuti, Thoth, called Hermes, thrice times great, the possessor of the master's key, keeper of the secret word to become a Haru, Horus, a companion of the great Hierophant, I am Hotep, the scribe of the secret doctrine, conferrer of the 720 degrees in the secret number 9 and the guardian of the ninth gate, raising from the ninth chamber the secret, which will give you the power to rely on yourselves. He was there, which is here, when the word, let there be light, was uttered. He has stood the test of time. He has been questioned by scholars and historians of all religions and denominations. Dr. Malachi Z. York is capable of answering the unanswered and solving the problems of the world. Yet, his personal interest is in each and every one of you. He says, I am not a holy man or a preacher. I am a master teacher. He have resurrected in the West the ancient fraternity, AEO, with healing in his wings, the spiritual order of our ancestors, the Egyptians, and your true bloodline under the reincarnation of Natir Amanubita Akatar, your Aferti, Pharaoh, for this day and time, Atumre. He have experienced all the religions and sacred orders, and now bring you the ancient Egyptian order, AEO, the true order of the Egyptians, that which gave birth to all others, and in this day and time has become the fastest growing movement for world peace of the new millennium. You have found your way to that which you have sought all your life. And now, I introduce to you the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi Z. York.
نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles and on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. Uh, Psalms 23.1. Can you, can you uh, translate this, Imam? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. Can you give me this interpretation right here? Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Wait a minute. I'm with you. First of all, Let's establish who's talking. Right? Because this is what happens with Christians. They don't do that. This is David talking. Right. Now, why did David say this? That's what I, want to I don't understand. Why did he say you, know, you know why you don't understand? Huh? No, I because don't. you're a good student. Now I'm going to show you how you're missing something. When I show it to you, you're going to go, oh, yeah, and I told you to do this. Go back one chapter. What's the chapter? 21. 22? Yeah, 22 is usually before 23. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first line? Oh, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? David is making a proclamation here that Christians say that Matthew 27, 46 belongs exclusively to Jesus when he was on the cross. They say when Jesus got ready to die, if anybody turns their Bible to Matthew 27, 46, where they say Jesus was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me, right? right? But a lot of Christians don't know that that was not Jesus' statement. That man on the cross was quoting David. Now look at Psalms 22 and ask the Christian to explain to us or you how Psalms 22, chapter 1, has the exact same statement as Matthew 27, 46. Have somebody read Matthew 27, 46. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lamech Sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, they say that's Jesus. Now, let's go back to the year 460 B.C.E. 460 years before the Christian era, not before Christ, to get to Matthew 27, 26. And now we go to Psalms 22, when they say, this is the psalm of David to the chief musician, right? No. Ageless, Shahab, 
These are names that this psalm was ascribed to. And David is saying, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? David was crucified on the cross. You understand? Yeah, that's what I told you. Now, I just, want, I just want to go on with you. I mean, if they need more, I mean, it tells you in this quote. If you read this whole thing, right. it'll tell you about them casting his lots, and it tells you in there that they bound his feet, and they nailed him. It tells you in Psalm 22 that David was nailed on the cross, and they, they casted lots over his garments, and then 40, I think it's uh, 44 picks it up again, is it? And discusses it again. Now let's go to you what you want to know. Now that you understand what preceded it, right? Right. Now let's see what David says. He says, Arab. Or the sustainer is my shepherd. Right. I shall not want. I have no needs. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's talking about heaven now. The Quran clearly speaks about the green pastures and right. under, beneath them are still waters flowing, right? Right. He restored my soul. Remember when Jesus was supposed to be on the cross and he said, Father, Father it is over. Right. Under your hands I send my soul. At death you get your soul restored. He restored my soul. He leadeth me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now he talks of his experience. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff do comfort me. The rod, where I'll be chastised for what I have done wrong, and the staff, where I will be guided for what I have done right. David knew he had did some great sins, and if you read the scripture, you'll find out. David was not, you know, what we call Muhammad, a perfect example. Okay? Right. Then he says, Thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You follow that? He had, when, when he was there dying on the cross, when he was there suffering, the Lord still prepared Maida, as they say about Jesus in the fifth chapter of the Quran, the table. He spread out the table for him. What else? Thou anointed my head with oil. You have made me a messiah. Christians don't want to see that. They look in their Bible dictionary under the word Messiah or Christ. They'll find out it translates anointed. You have made me your anointed. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I have so many. So many bountiful blessings from you. My cup is running over, David says. Right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And what did he say? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Ever. He's talking about now that he's going to die. Right. Goodness and mercy followed him all the days of his life. And now that he's going to die, he's going to spend that time in Jannah. You understand? But if people would only read the chapter before it, before, right, they'll right. see that it's talking about him dying on the cross. Okay? Shikha. Okay, now you got to keep attention now. You got a lot of work out there. I want to know. Are we the only planet cursed with a devil and, and demons? No. All right. No. You're, you're the only one where you have allowed the devil to incarnate through you physically as well as mentally and are still breeding their seed. 
See, if you go back in the, in the books of Genesis, you'll find that in Genesis chapter 3, you'll find that when the serpent was being, you know, type method, you'll find out that when the devil and the woman were receiving their judgment in the third chapter, in the 15th verse of Genesis, it says, I will put enmity between thee, talking to the devil, and the woman, talking about Eve. That's all who existed then, right? And then the next thing says, and between what? Between that seed. Your seed and her seed. her seed. This woman was Eve. And we, as according to the Quran, are the descendants of Adam. Made into many hues and colors and shapes and races. Came, but we all came out of Adam and Hawa. And the devil has a seed also there. Not just a spiritual, but a physical nesalah seed. Now, man is doing everything that Abraham and all of them was told not to do in the same book of Genesis. Not to mix their seed with the Canaanites, amongst whom they dwell. So, um... Abraham says in 15, it tells us in 15, 13, where our seed would be. Someone read it. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that that seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards they shall come out with great substance. And Genesis 24:3, read that. And I will make thee swear by the sustainer, the creator of heaven and the creator of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among, among whom I dwell. So, and this goes on. Abraham did it. Isaac did it. Told his sons not to marry. Jacob told his sons not to marry him. And some of them intermarried anyway. This is the seed of Satan. People on earth are willfully breeding the seed of the devil in earth. If I on this planet. The answer to your question is, yes, other galaxies are plagued by what you call a devil, and he takes on many different forms according to the species of that galaxy. So was uh, Iblis, Iblis was the first cast down, right? To Earth. To Earth. You're only talking about the planet Earth. Because but, you, go ahead. But others rebelled before him. Definitely. If you read the book on Nebi Noah, the prophet Noah, I give a total explanation on that. The fall of the angels. Okay. And all the Sahuf covering. I shook on Shazam. If you read the 12th chapter of Revelations, uh, the seventh verse, it talks about that fall. Read it. Revelation 12, 7. 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Okay. I'd just like to know the, um, the, where in the Holy Quran is, uh, is the Mahdi described physically. You will not see any place in the Holy Quran where the Mahdi, Muhammad Ahmed, is described physically. You will not see anywhere in the Holy Quran where the Prophet Muhammad is described physically. Allah doesn't take time out to do things like that. You will find in the writings of men about the Quran which Muslims refer to as the Hadith, 
where they describe Muhammad physically, and there is also an abundance of recognized hadith or sahih where they describe the Mahdi. But you will not find a description of any of them in the Quran, none of the prophets. Okay, can I have a, an example of where that someone did ask me, because um, I, I spoke about the marks and I would like to know where... I did a whole book called The Call of the Mahdi, it's a little pamphlet. When you leave outside the door, tell them I said to give you a copy of the call of the Mahdi and about the Ratib for free. Thank you. All right? Salam. Um, I would like to know um, how, uh, first of all, Hebrew, right? You said the meaning of it to cross over, right? Um, how did it become a language? That's a good question. Now watch. The people in England speak what? English. The people in France? French. See that? Now, how about cuneiform, the language? How come they're not calling the, the language of the Egyptians, uh, Egyptian, they call it hieroglyphics? You see that? How come they're not calling the language of the Babylonians, Babylonian, they call it cuneiform? The man-made languages are named after places. The original languages are named after incidents. I'll give you a perfect example. The word Arabic comes from the word Arab to roam from place to place like a Bedouin. So people said those people who roam from place to place, they would be called Arabs and they speak Arabic. Those people who crossed over the Tigris-Euphrates Valley, they were Hebrew or Ibra, so their language must be Hebrew. <laughs> you see what happened? Hebrew is Arabic. It's the exact same language. And it should be called Adamic, really. It should be named after Adam. The name Arabic or Hebrew is really describing the people and something they did that's not really the name of a language. There is no name for a language, really. Think about what your question. There really is no name of a language at all. You understand what I mean? So um, how all the languages in Africa, you know, there's a lot of, like... Those are dialects, and they come about by... What's that thing you have around your neck? Africa. See? You didn't say a pendant or a necklace. You called it Africa. So you just added something new. It is the map of Africa. You're right. But you didn't say it is a pendant, you see, with the map of Africa. So now as people move off into the bush and they see new fruits, new vegetables, and they describe things different ways and how they go about doing things, eventually, after uh, hundreds of years, this graphs into a dialect. And now, if they're speaking a certain language that they got while in Babylon, by the time they get to Africa, generations after generations, the pronunciation gets weak. For instance, in the Nation of Islam, they used to get up and say, I greet you in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. And all Americans now walk up to us and say, Assalamu alaikum. There's no such thing as Assalamu alaikum. It's Assalamu alaikum. But until you learn how to speak it properly, you will have the American dialect of Arabic. Y'all don't say, Naam. Y'all go, Naam. Y'all don't say, Bismillahi. Y'all go, Bismillah. Eventually, if you train your children, they can perfect the pronunciation. But most of you people, you don't say, Muhammad, you say Muhammad and Abdullah. You understand what I'm saying? 
and Islam. These are natural dialects. Eventually, if you spoke fluent Arabic, you'd have an American dialect of Arabic that an Arab would have a difficult time understanding. Y'all could be rattling on back and forth and everybody understand you. Just like a brother comes from the mountains of Jamaica and has been living up in the mountains of his life and comes to New York or go, and goes to Georgia, or I mean, the better goes, comes to, American goes down to Georgia, Alabama, and starts talking to them, to them, they might think, brother, is speaking another whole language. Now, to him, they're speaking with this country draw, with y'alls and down the road of peace. And to far as he's concerned, they're speaking another language because the environment produced uh, dialects out of the same language. That's all you're talking about. So Arabic and Hebrew are nothing but dialects of Seretic, the ancient language. And that Seretic was named after the place, Ashur, or Syria, where Abraham lived. Okay? Slow. Good afternoon again, Imam. Uh, I don't know. My name is Randy George. And uh, I, I want to know what name I should, I should take as an, uh, in Arabic. What should I call myself? Or what can I call myself to make the, you know, my name? I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just looking you know? at you. I understand what you're saying. I'm just, what, I'm just looking at you. Yeah, because here, here I am uh, speaking English. Yet, I, if I believe in, in, in what I'm being taught, I have to know at least what, why I'm being taught this, if I, uh, or since I have to, in a sense, be reconverted myself uh, to, to Islam. And you have to re-study and relearn. Yes, I understand that. Your name is Idris. I Iblis. Idris. 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 <laughs> uh, it sounds like English to me, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's Arabic. It's mm -hmm. Idris, and it comes from the word Darrasa. One who studies and has to learn about himself. I quite understand you now, much, much better. Thank name you. Is Idris Abdullah Muhammad. I understand you much, much better. Okay. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I came to class a few weeks ago, oh, about four weeks ago probably, and I asked a question concerning the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 3. And it says, Allah came from Timan and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Sila. And I was questioning. What do they mean by, you know, they say God, but we know Allah. I was wondering what thing about Allah came from Timan. I had a confrontation with one of Farrakhan's followers over this. All right, this is a book revealed in Judea in 628, right? Timan, when they speak about this, they're speaking about the same thing we teach in Islam when we say that Muhammad is the comforter and that is the Holy Ghost. You follow that? No. They would say that if you came from, let's say, Mecca to an a infidel country and you brought Allah's teachings, that's the same as a Hebrew expression. That they're saying God came from Timan and the Holy One. The Holy One here is the Prophet Muhammad. And they use Mount Paran. If you do a research on Paran, it's the word Faran. And Faran is Mecca. That's the ancient name of the city of Mecca. And they tell you right there that he is a Silah, which they said the scepter would be passed into his hands when Jacob made the covenant about the comforter. And they speak about Muhammad as a comforter. They say that he is, in St. John, they say the comforter who is the Holy Spirit. You see, so he had the spirit of Allah moving in him the same way Allah says he put his spirit into Jesus. So in this sense of God, does not mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means Muhammad came out of, out of Mecca 
with the word of Allah. If you follow, he was the holy one. He was the sila or the one, the shilo, the one that the scepter would be passed into. That's all it's talking about. So when they speak of God in here, they're actually talking about Prophet Muhammad? No, they're talking about the message he brought. No. God came from Kima and the holy one. See, God, Muhammad brought the message of Allah. No, because is there some way I could assimilate that to the brother, like um, when Donald Elijah Muhammad says that um, Allah came in the person of Master Fraud Muhammad? Would it yes. Be? I don't have no argument with that. I don't have, I don't, I don't argue. Me and Minister Louis Farrakhan get along quite well. I don't argue with them saying that uh, Allah came, this is close, Allah came into the personage of Master Farad Muhammad. That don't bother me, because I understand what, I understand what they're saying. And they tell me that Master Farad Muhammad is Allah who created the heavens and the earth, then I'll laugh. Because then I'll ask them, what was he standing on? Because right. he's a man. You understand what I'm trying to say? But if they say he came into the personage of Master Prophet Muhammad, I don't doubt that a man can be inspired by the Spirit of Allah to do a great work in America. And thus you say that Allah came into the personage of Master Prophet Muhammad, that Allah came into the personage of Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Allah came into the personage of uh, Rasulullah Muhammad, Allah came into the person of Jesus and made him his Messiah. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? No. I have no problems with it. That's why if you read that Article 12 on the back of Muhammad speaks, it's under Article 12, read it close, you see that he says also the Messiah of the Christians and the Mahdi of the Muslims. So he knew that Allah Muhammad knew that Allah, Messiah, and Mahdi was not the same. He was saying, according to what the Christians was looking for, this is him. According to what the Muslims in the East are looking for, this is him. This man is the supreme being. And then in his book, Message to the Black Man, he breaks down what he means by supreme being. He says a being is a mortal thing. And he gives a full chapter on the meaning of God as a spirit and God as a man. And he says he's real, he breathes, he has hands, he's so-and-so, and so-and-so. So he's defining Master Farah Muhammad as a human being who has been inspired by the spirit of Allah and that he was the wisest man in his time. He said what a supreme being is, is the wisest man in his time. All men are God, he said. Or that's what he says. Who are you, the Asiatic black man, maker, owner, cream of the planet, father of civilization, and God of the universe. So he said that all black men are God because we all have the spirit of the Most High in us. And he says that by saying God of the universe. That's how you know he's saying the spirit of Allah is in us because you're on earth. You're not in the universe presently. So the spirit must be working from the universe into you. So Allah was very clear. It's people after him who misinterpreted their teachings because they wanted to make him look like he was a blasphemer. They wanted to make him look like he was an idol worshiper because the pale Arabs brainwash them into trying to destroy another great black leader. That's the key. Don't let the black man in America have any black leaders that they can refer to. So every time we get a black leader, we get Elhaj Malik Shabazz, they say he turned against Elijah Muhammad, he banned him, and everybody stopped liking him. Noble Juali, they got him down. Marcus Garvey, they got him down. Every leader, now look at poor Jesse Jackson. He was on his way up there and they made him Tom out. You know what I'm saying? Now, if we were to invent our money, whose picture would we put on it? Tubman? And we would have our money. See, the white man got his money. And on his money, he puts his great leaders, right? Look in your pocket. If you don't believe me, take out any money and see. So if we was ever to become an independent nation and had our money, whose picture would we put on it? Nobody. Nobody. Because the white man manages, after each one of our great leaders, by the time they leave, he always defames them. Oh, Elijah Muhammad had sex with all his secretaries. You know what I mean? Jimmy Swagger had sex with a prostitute. And he still...
mouth preaching. See, the white man has a way of defaming us and stripping us of our leadership. Because without a, a direction to lead the children, there's no hierarchy. There's an inferiority complex being constantly drilled into our kids. They are under white teachers and white presidents and white kings. And everybody in history was white. And, and, and um, angel food caters white and devil food caters black and devil dogs are black and etc. and etc. Bad guy wears a black suit. Good guy wears a white suit. You know what I mean? And the white man is trying again to destroy the image of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So we won't have any black men that ever did anything great that didn't do it in his name. You see, that's the key. If they do it like him, if, he, if they're Uncle Tom, and they do it the way the white man says, then they want us to idolize them. But if he's someone who did not do it, he did not rub the white man's fur the right way, then he destroy his image before he's out of office and he turn us against him and then we'll take down the messenger's picture. You should teach your children about the honorable Elijah Muhammad and put the picture up in your house and say that is one of your great black leaders, one of the founding fathers of Islam in America. You understand what I'm saying? And he did this, 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 because you can't find a black man, Marcus Garvey, Noble Drawley, or any of the knuckleheads out there today that can match what that man did in America. I mean, and especially during the time that he came to do it in. Am I right? You're right. Think of when he came, when the Klan was hanging black people. Nowadays, after the 60s, we can tell a white man, better bug out. I'm saying, we can change. We got a new attitude. Back then, black people couldn't do that. They get killed right on the street, and nobody would say nothing. So the messenger, as he's called by his fathers, had a very serious job to do. You understand what I'm saying? Don't let the white man pull this old dead jive stuff on us and pull down another great black man, and then we hide our leaders, and he keeps putting new pictures on the dollar bill. The so-called Jew traveled all over the world trying to find men that were responsible for what they call the Holocaust, right? Am I right? Yes or no? That's right. They chase these men down, 60, 70 years old, and try to hang a 70-year-old man. Or hang him to death. Correct? Correct. I agree. One of them. But who's chasing down the men that flew the planes and gave the order to bomb Hiroshima and kill millions and millions and millions of the Japanese? How come they're not being trialed for war crimes? Because that was still war. Right. And they went over there and dropped bombs. You understand? And flattened people, melted buildings, killed dogs, pets, babies, everything. But they got awards in America. They got a button pinned on them and said they did something great by killing millions of Japanese people. That was an award. But the so-called German Jew is hunting these people around for the same war period and hanging men 60 and 70 years old. Old man, he's going to die in a week anyway. They want to keep him alive long enough so that they can kill him. And you don't see that that is a treacherous, low-life nature? When you take an 80-year-old man and hang him, he's going to be dead in a week anyway? You go, they put him, they took a, one of them German Jews, they took him and put him in the hospital and kept him alive so they could hang him. The man was dying from heart trouble, and they kept him alive just so they can hang him. That is sick. That is really sick. You understand me? That's a dangerous mentality. Don't let them pull that stuff. Don't try to get conflicts going between what me and Minister Farrakhan believe. Oh, definitely not. We got to get our heads together. You know why? Because all we got is us. I constantly try to keep in touch. I know two brothers from the temple, and we, we've had meetings and conversations. And Don't get into conversations. You know why? 
Because neither one of y'all are equipped to solve the problem. He's too young in the doctrine yet to really understand right. what's happening. And y'all can end up enemies because you want to be right. Because you know how we are. We love to be right. We'll be right when we know we're wrong. Stand there, walk around. I know I'm right. I know I was right anyway. Know you're wrong. Black people love to be right. And it's not worth it at this day and time. The bottom line is, Minister Louis Farrakhan is trying to gather black people in America to get ready for whatever is going to come down on us. We better be ready for it. And we're going to need each other. Regardless of the differences in our doctrine, we need each other. And I realize that, and he realizes that. And we're trying to get them Sunni Muslim brothers to realize that them brothers in Saudi Arabia and Islam are not the least concerned. And as long as these Sunni Muslim leaders keep letting these Saudi Arabians pay their rent, they can dictate what they teach their children. They can't even get mad because I was at a meeting and they even, they, they're so knuckleheads that they didn't even know I was sitting there. They hate me so much that I was sitting in the meeting and they didn't even know I was there. That's how dumb they are. And you know, you know what I heard the Arabs tell Sarah while I was in the meeting? You, you can't give the khutbah because you don't know enough Arabic for the path they had for the, the last uh, Ramadan that they had. They told him, you are, you're an imam for the Americans, but you're not qualified to give a khutbah because you don't know enough Arabic. Then they leaned over and started talking to each other in Arabic. You know what they said? These American Negroes are really funny. This, they're saying in Arabic right in the mosque. This Palestinian imam up on Masi Puruki, they call him. We're sitting up there, I'm sitting up there, looking at them, and they're like, the, the, the Palestinians are saying, this, must, this is a Sudanese, so I'm all right with them. But the Sunnis who hate me, who look at my picture in a million books, sitting there looking right at me and couldn't see me. Damn, hate blinded them. I mean, I mean that's, that means they really must dislike me, and I love the heck out of them, because I'm the only one standing up and saying, Arabs and everybody who don't care about black people in America, if you don't care about my people, if you care about us, Spend some of those millions of dollars building universities teaching our children out of it. Instead of buying yachts for your daughters. The way the white man throws up a building in Bedford Stuyvesant in one year. You understand? They be throwing up houses, they call it, low-income housing. If the Arabs really cared about the Sunni Muslims, he would take Bedford Avenue where they got all their mind. But one mosque on Bedford Avenue. And that's the African Islamic Mission. Masjid Jamia, because they're part of us. The people you see in the green and the gold. All the rest of them guys up and down there ain't got a dime. All together. You think the men would get together and put their money together so they can provide some food, clothes, and shelter for their women? No. You got sisters living in shelters. Brothers marrying sisters, not giving them their dowry and then divorcing them. And you have the nerve to call us cap and say we ain't Muslims. They ain't living none of the Islamic tenets of the Sunnah. We talk about Ansar. They they racist. We're racist, but one thing is for sure, our children are eating every night. Our women have rules over their heads. We don't, we, our shoes ain't ran down. We're paying our bills. We don't, we don't own nobody anything. The white man can't do nothing for us because we don't rent. We own. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's building a nation. And that's something we picked up by listening to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Because if I would have listened to them orthodox Sunni Muslims that I used to sit up under in State Street, I'd be doing the same thing they're doing on Eastern Parkway, starving to death. But I listened, and this, let me listen to this man here, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He knows what he's talking about. Let me listen to him about do something for yourself. And we and saw started doing for ourselves, and this day we're able to say, see what we got in the name of Allah? Arabs ain't give us one dime, and they've tried. They call me to meetings. You know what I tell them? Bug off. I, literally. Imam Isa, we'd like for you to come to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we're having a, a meeting of imams. I said, is any Americans going to be there? Did it, did, you know? Yes. Is, is uh, 
Wallace D. Muhammad gonna be there? Yeah. He's, is he an imam? Yes. Then I don't belong there because if that's what you classify an imam, I don't belong there. If, if Saraj Wahaj, you can't even speak Arabic as an imam, I don't belong there. They didn't learn four surahs from some Pakistani book, now they're imams of the Quran. I don't want to be around these kind of people because I don't want to have to say I agree with them and then change my educational program to theirs and then my kids stop learning Arabic. Because if I comply with them, I'm going to have to agree with all their programs. And their programs are showing me that their kids ain't studying nothing. So what am I going to do? Make my children stop learning Quran because they don't want to pay their bills? I can't do that. Don't let these people divide us. Spend time trying to tell the Sunni Muslims, don't like us. Get your program together. We better start working together. You ain't got to listen to me. And I won't listen to you. Let's listen to the Quran. Let's make a point that whenever we get into the argument, it must be in the Quran, not in the Hadith. Because that gets into arguments. Let's go to the Quran. And if you don't want to touch the Quran, then I don't even want to talk to you. If you want to bring me a whole bunch of books by men, and I'm telling you to read the Kitab Allah, and you talk about Hadith, I say Kitab Allah, but in the Hadith, Kitab Allah, but in the Hadith, then there's something wrong with you. You understand? But you people better get your leaders back up and talk about them. Talk about Marcus Garvey. You know what I'm writing these books for? So y'all can go out there and say, Marcus Garvey did this, did this, did this. Noble Jali, he was a, and Marcus Garvey was a Muslim. And Noble Jali was a Muslim. And they killed Dr. Martin Luther King because he went to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad converted him. His last meeting with Honorable Elijah Muhammad when he came back and said, I had a dream. I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen it. Why he said, what is he talking about? You look at the last tape, you see everybody standing around him dressed in white. That's right. They ain't standing around no suit and ties. They standing around dressed in white with tog ears on their heads. Don't look like no Christians to me standing there. Look like a bunch of Ansars standing around Dr. Martin Luther King. The white man said, he been to the honor Elijah Muhammad, and he got millions of followers? Kill him. Forget civil rights and peace marches and all other beautiful things that Dr. Martin Luther King was standing for, because he stood for a lot of beautiful things. But he meant well, he, meant, he had a good heart. When he said everybody can sit together, he, that's a beautiful thought. White man don't feel like that, but it's a beautiful thought that everybody on earth can become one family and stop killing and taking from each other. But if you think the United States is going to agree with that and then give half of its revenue to India so they can starve, you're crazy. If you think they're going to share the wealth of America with people in Ethiopia, you're crazy. He's not going to go back to eating hamburgers. So that, and, and from steak, so some Ethiopians can have food on their table. He don't do that. He just give them some grain. And if he's interested in helping the people, he wouldn't give them grain. What would he do? He would cultivate the land over there and show them how to grow their own food. But if I keep giving you grain, that means you got to keep depending on me. He knows what he's doing. You know why? Because he's a devil, weak and wicked. And his trials and tribulations are to destroy the sons of Allah, you. That's all he stands for. Is destruction of everybody else on this planet. You understand? So don't let them do that to you. When you're the brother of the nations, I'm talking, say, wait, we're not going to argue this time. We're going we're gonna to hold hands and we're going to walk together. You understand? So people will see the unity in us. We're not going to fight anymore. And if you have a difference in opinion, have a difference, we, let's, not, let's, let's do everything in our power to avoid that. So I can meet you on Salaam Alaikum wa Alaikum Salaam. And I can leave you and we pray together and we'll, we'll talk together about Quran and read it, but no debate on who God is and what you think God is, because none of y'all know what you're talking about. The bottom line. And Minister Farrakhan has a mission he's on in the name of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and I got to learn to respect that. 
because me and him are going to need each other when the white man comes down. He ain't going to say, these are the answers, so don't hit them. Only hit the ones that are, and if you sisters and brothers in there with that Negro mentality think that the white man ain't going to hit you upside your head because you ain't a Muslim, you got another thing coming. The white man ain't into that stuff. He sees us as just a little more fanatical than you. He going to hit you upside your jerry curls too. He going to slap them false eyelashes off you. You can try to look white and try to be Christian. When the white man started spraying down south, you know what he was telling them? Them brothers told him, all we want to do is cross this bridge to go to the church to pray down south. You know what them crackers told him? You ain't praying to my God. My God wouldn't recognize your prayer. This really took place down there in Alabama. Literally, it's on tape. That's how them crackers see you. So you were born again Christian and you worship Jesus and that cracker will take that stick and whip your head without a second thought. We better get together, we better get organized, and we better start doing things for ourselves. We better start respecting each other for what we are. Stop badgering each other and trying to find faults with each other and always trying to destroy each other. We better get them, get them silly frowns off your face. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Somebody cares about you. You survived slavery, Junior. Somebody cares about you upstairs. After all you've been through, you still can spell your name. Black people should be walking around grinning, rejoicing, and being exceedingly glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. Because all the prophets before you were also persecuted for righteous name's sake. Y'all should be happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has found way to give you noble Jali, Martin Garvey, the honorable Elijah, I mean, Sheikh Dawood. I mean, so many leaders that have come to try to uplift this, this nation. Us. You understand what I mean? Are y'all with me? No. no. We should be happy he cared that much about us. Let me give you a little inclination. The white man was stuffing pork in you, right? And Allah had us eating watermelon. And the white man used to make fun out of black people eating watermelon. Now he found out that watermelon flushes the stomach. <laughs> so while the devil was making, forcing us to eat that filthy pig, Allah had a joke being made about us eating watermelon. The watermelon was keeping us from getting our systems destroyed. So that this day, when the light came, our dome can handle it. Because you look at some brothers from years ago, and you try to hold a conversation with them, and they're gone, mentally gone. They can't even hold a straight conversation. You ought to be happy that you're intelligent enough to still learn, to make decisions for yourself, and stop giving yourself over to him. Throw Jerry out your house. <laughs> stop trying to look white. Look at Oprah Wimpy. Look at her. I mean, come on. Who's she for? How's she going to talk black stuff if they're trying to look white? Be yourself. Y'all are the most beautiful people in the world. If, if you wasn't, everybody wouldn't be trying to look like me and you. Here we are trying to put white powder on our face and white people are laying on the beach trying to get back. Here we are straightening our hair and they're getting their hair curled. White kids want an afro so bad they don't know what to do with themselves. I've seen white people in Jamaica trying to wear dreads. It looks like a dead poodle's on their head. Looks matted. They want dreads. They want anything. They want color. They want lips now. They're getting shots in their lips so that they can have lips. Years ago, they were making fun of our big lips and our bulging eyes. Now they got eyeshadow and eyeliner and to make their eyes look bigger and silicone shots to make their lips look bigger. Yet they say they hate the Africans and how we are so ugly. Everybody in the world know we the most beautiful people in the world. They know God got this many different shades of colors of flowers in it. A white person is a white person. He looks the only thing you can liken him to is an uncooked sausage. That's the only thing. And I, mean, I heard Brother Malcolm say that black is the only color that can produce every other color 
and white can't produce no color. It's the absence of color. And the absence of color means the absence of mood, because colors create moods. <laughs> That's why they can't dance. Because with the absence of mood, there's an absence of soul. With absence of soul, there's an absence of rhythm. With absence of rhythm, there's an absence of coordination. Go to Africa, they be playing three different drums with three different hands, patting their foot, moving four limbs at the same time. White people say, wow, they're colorful people. <laughs> we got a whole lot in the name of Allah to be proud of as a people. We may not have much money, but we'll sit on our stoop, take an oatmeal can, turn it upside down, and bung go away. We can be suffering, but we'll find something to laugh about. You understand what I'm saying? We are great people. We have a very good spirit. We have good karma, as they say. And with all the stuff we've been through, we are good people. And you know what's so bad? All the stuff the white man did to us, we still like it. And don't try to tell me you don't. Because it ain't in you to dislike people, because you are just like your heavenly father. A white woman will fall down in front of you, and you'll feel sorry for her. And so would I. Because it just ain't in us to be as hateful as we pretend to be. If you see an old white woman, you stop shaking your head back, I see you. If you see an old white woman fall down, hurt herself on the street, you'd care. Don't tell me you wouldn't care. Now you sit there and tell me, if you saw this old woman fall, you wouldn't care. Not even a little bit. You know it's in you because you got the presence of God in you. With all they've done, they've kicked us, spat on us, hang us, raped us, killed us. He man I mean, he emasculated us. He did everything to us. And still, black people come to that mic and say, well, if a white person asked to move in, would you let them? <laughs> they do. They still come and say, if they asked, would you let them? You know why? Because we are a merciful people. That's why. We are a merciful people. We are created like our creator. And that's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was trying to say when he said that we all are the sons of God. We are God. That's what he was trying to say. He was not trying to say we are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, well, he know you didn't create nothing. And the Quran said, if you think you can, let's see you create one little gnat. Only thing Negroes created a lot of disturbances. He knew that. He, he, wasn't that. he couldn't have been as intelligent as he was to raise a dead nation to such a powerful people and be as ignorant to one little fact that he is not Muhammad, the prophet of Arabia. He knew he wasn't. And don't let the devils turn you against them so they can take another picture down. Take another man out of our history. You understand what I mean? And I'm telling you again, don't be ashamed to be compassionate. It's a wonderful gift. I'm not teaching you to hate white people. I'm teaching you to know his capabilities. And if I was to teach you about lions, I can say, listen, don't hate a lion, but don't go in his cage. Now, you can say, well done. And then go stagger into his cage, and then I won't have to explain it to the next person. I'll say, see that? That guy didn't listen to me. He went in the cage, and now he's dipped. Don't go in the cage because that lion will make you out of pudding. You see this pudding? See you? <laughs> and the third brother goes in there, then you start saying, let's just open the cage because niggas are stupid. Now I'm saying this, don't hate white people. Hate is a sin. Do you understand that? For you to hate anybody is a sin. To hate somebody makes you wicked inside. Don't hate him. And if you start treating him the way he treats you, guess what you're going to become? You'll be the devil if you start doing devilishment. Knowing the dangers of a thing does not mean you're supposed to hate it. Knowing the dangers of a thing means you're supposed to know how to handle it. Do you understand? No. And of course, they say, I'm a hate teacher. The same way they say the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is a hate teacher. 
And we both say, we don't teach hate, we teach the truth. And if you hate what I'm saying, that's just too bad. Because until I can have an effect on the textbooks in the world and what's being taught to my children, I'm going to teach them about black greatness. If me teaching them black greatness is hate, then that's too bad. But I'm not going to teach them that whites are better than us because some Sunni Muslim comes from Saudi Arabia and says so. It doesn't impress me. It doesn't impress me in the least. You understand what I mean? No. Are you all with me? No. Okay. Um, I would just like to know if you have in the new book of Lamb the same thing that you had in the message of the messengers right and exact when it talks about the breakdown of lessons, basically degree for degree, and will you mention also the exact date that the the, 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 the um, message of the messengers right and exact, the book of the Lamb, is basically the same book with more facts in it. Right. Certain elders of the nation of Islam who are residing here now with us, who were members close to Honorable Elijah Muhammad, said that whoever gave us 1970, which I never told them, no one gave me 1970, right? Right. Elijah Muhammad said, and I have it on tape, a videotape, that 1970 is the second resurrection. You follow that? It's on videotape. He said, if you want to see it, the brother downstairs can hook the video up before y'all leave, and he can put that segment on. All right? And y'all can see him say it. He'll say, the man... Lomax is going to say, are you saying that the year 1970 or around that time is the second resurrection? I'm going to say, yes, 1970 is the time of the second resurrection. He's going to say himself, you'll see him on tape, okay? Tell the brother I said to start hooking it up. No, All right, that's step one. Uh, and what happened is they said, no, it was not, because I, I, I said the day he was born and I left blank, if you notice in all the books, when he died. I said, I'm not going to assume I know until I know, for sure. But I know but that he said there'd be a second resurrection. So in certain places I mentioned 1970 because he said it. Right. You understand? But he obviously didn't mean that he would die. He meant it like John the Baptist and Jesus, that he'd still be alive for a couple of years when that new leader's head. Mm. You see? Uh, you see what I'm saying? And that's the day I said, I see what you mean. So when was it? They said 1973 is when he died. Mm. And it's recorded for 1975. So that's in the book. Right? And the lessons, yes, they're there. Plus, I'm writing a book called The 5% Lessons. And it has all the 1 to 20, 1 to 14, 1 to 36, all of them in there, and all the lessons to see, pre-mathematics, actual facts, all of that's inside it. If I get a chance to finish it. There's so many, but y'all trying to get me to write everything. <laughs> uh, I just have one more question. I'd like to know, is it true that Malcolm X wrote The 12 Jewels of Islam? No, it's true that Malcolm X wrote the supreme alphabet and mathematics, like, you know, one is a law and two is what? I mean, one is oh, knowledge, knowledge, two is wisdom. wisdom, three is understanding, four is justice, oh. five is power, etc. six mm. is equality, you know, that A is Allah, B is born, C is to see. He wrote that while incarcerated, yes. Right. But the uh, actual fact is from the Lost Found English class lesson. We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi Z. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages on WGAG Radio. All Eyes on Egypt presents the Holy Tablet, backed by popular demand, written and transcribed by Dr. Malachi Z. York L., the receiver. This is the scripture that is divinely inspired that will bring about a long overdue change. Like the phoenix bird rising up out of its ashes. Up, you mighty people, come forth like Lazarus from the tomb. 
This tablet is food to feed the hunger and to nourish the soul, to give it strength. Rise up, stand up, be counted amongst the people of this world. Be the first to get your copy of the Holy Tablets while supplies last. At All Eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia, 706-468-2319. Tune in to the El Holy Tablet Show every Friday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAD Radio. People always debated, who's the greatest player of all time? Dumb question. It should be, who's the greatest team of all time? WGAG Radio. Sorry, Showtime. WGAG Radio. Back to back. WGAG Radio. First three P. WGAG Radio. Even with the flu. WGAG Radio. No push-off. WGAG Radio. And my favorite... Tough to beat that. What? You think there's someone else? Prove it. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 This is Matruna Firu. I'm calling in from Toledo, Ohio. And I want to give WGAG Radio a seven-year happy anniversary. This is Empress Ross calling in from Reno, Nevada. And I would like to wish WGAG Radio a happy seven-year anniversary. Senior Nisa calling from Chicago, Illinois. Want to wish WGAG Radio happy seven years and many more. I'm a prestige bitch with a dirty mouth. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 I done came up out of that goddamn life, bitch. I'm trying to show you some shit, but you keep rattling with the fucking name. Hey, this is James Moore calling from the nation's capital, which is WGAG Radio. Happy. Seven years, and I wish you more. This is Peace and Blessing saying happy seventh anniversary to WCAG Radio. Call from North Cross, Georgia. It wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the baddest black, brilliant, big booty, baddest chick in the world, Don Dakota. Yo, nobody can do it like you, baby. We get on. Yes, I will accept the word get so. Get so. You can do TBTO. Get who you fucking Stephanie Bell, calling from Bremerton, Washington, to wish WGAG a happy 7th birthday. Peace, love, and prosperity, and much growth. Yeah, this is Jay Iller, calling from the great Lone Star State of Texas. Just want to say shalom, till I cool for y'all, Kaloon. Keep the all within the all. He kept them sip y'all wounds. And congratulations on a strong seven years to Don Nicole Leon, WGAG Radio, and the Brain Trust family. We're going to keep doing this shit forever. Bring them out, bring them out. So when you got these drugs out there that for once have not embraced all, it have not embraced God, look at women as a piece of ass and still ain't got ass and still is low life and always trying to hunger. I say, find God, get your shit together, and then I'll let me later, nigga. Feel me the radio.
Hey, John, this is my baby love calling from Georgia, Georgia. And, of course, I have to give a seven-year birthday shout-out to WGAZ, Real Nigga Radio, and to you, the baddest bitch in El Calou, John Nicole. I'm a psychic to not be free screaming at the goddamn gas station. <laughs> That's all I'm fucking attracted to, y'all. Mike check, Mike check, great day, Doug. Happy 7th anniversary to WGAG Radio. This Tony calling in from Memphis, Tennessee. I want to wish a happy 7th birthday to WGAG Radio. Y'all put it down all the time. Real shit for real motherfuckers. So keep on keeping it real. What's going on, y'all? It's a Missy the Writer calling from New York City, wishing WGAG Radio a happy seven years. Uh, this is for my girl, my baby girl, John Coleon, WGAG Radio, Real Nigga Radio. Beautiful seven years. We're going to be seven more. This is, by the way, Cedar Ama Aset Amuna Ali L right next door over in the ham. Uh, you know what? I'm proud of you, and it's just like I know you, and I am so proud of you. You're doing beautiful. You're like a, you're, you're, mag, you're magical. You get me? I should have thrown that shit in there. <laughs> but you are. <laughs> but, girl, you got something going on. It's magic. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Keep it up. Keep going. Don't stop. Yeah, it's your boy Jay Iller. And when I ain't here banging out these amazing beats, I'm cooler with my peeps at the Donna Coleone after party. Come through and chat it up with us anytime. Meet up with the brain trust. Come listen to some good music. Get caught up in some good conversation. You may even catch a building session from time to time. Learn something new. Get yourself inspired. What you gotta do, you have to go to www.powtalk.com and search Don Nicoleone the after party. And there you are. And here we go. Now welcome back to the man of the hour.
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له. أشهد أن كل رسول رسول الله. I bear witness to Allah alone and He has no partners. And I bear witness to all the apostles that come from Allah. Being a follower of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad through his National Representative Louis Farrakhan, I would just like to know um, is the dress code of um. Bow tie and suits. Is that in any way an abomination of Allah's will compared to the Ansaru community with um, white garb? The dress code of the nation of Islam serves its purpose in that which Minister Louis Farrakhan is trying to get across to the people of the Bay Center. He is talking about what the white man owes you. Right. And how you should go about trying to get it. He's talking about the possibility of a return to a place called Nubia. Listen close. I didn't say, I didn't say that. Africa is a curse word. Akubalan is a curse word. All of these are tricks by the devil. Don't fall into them tricks. That's right. The word Africa means to divide something. Baraka to break us up into pieces. And that's why when you get to mother, the home of Nubia, you find Nigerians, Ghanaians, or Ghana, uh, what do you call it, Sierra Leone, Morocco, 
Libya, Sudan, Ethiopia. And you talk to the Ethiopian, he'll say he's not where Sudanese is. You talk to the president of Nigeria, he'll say he's not where an Ethiopian is. But here in this country here, they're all Christians. And they break their Christianity down into denominations. Here it's denominations. But they still say one nation under God. And they'll say it's not it's not impossible to divide it individually, they say. But when it comes to us, the Muslim family, be we call ourselves Sunni or Shia or Bilalian or the five percent nation, or the Israelite Hebrews, or the nation of Islam, we all want to be divided. The Christians, as ignorant as we consider them in their teachings, are able to live in one nation and call themselves Baptists. Pentecostal, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness, Catholic, of, of, of multiple denominations of Catholics exist. <coughs> Romans, Greeks, the Coptic. But when it comes to Muslims, because of ego, we can't live as one nation under law. We can't get in a room together. The Sunnis don't even belong in this game. That's right. That's right. And if you're not black, you don't belong in, a, in this room with us. All right now. It's a black thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And if you can't see who the devil is in 1990, so wake us up. Wake us up. Wake us up. If you can't see. What the devil is doing all over the world today to people, our people, people of color, then you're blind, brother. That's right. And the Quran says you're blind. That's right. Yes. How are they deaf? Because regardless of how many times Malcolm X jumps up and down, or Noble Drew Ali jumps up and down, or Clarence Dirty jumps up and down, or Minister Louis Farrakhan jumps up and down, or Yahweh Ben Yahweh jumps up and down, because of how many times black people jump up and down to make you see the white man don't love you. The white man loves his dog more than he loves you. And for you Sunni, I'm saying, the people that you are worshipping are worshipping the white man. Come on, right. come on with it. You flying over to Saudi Arabia to run around the Kaaba and kiss a black stone and worship it and shake hands with a bunch of pale Arabs. And they call Minister Louis Farrakhan over there. You beg to go. And they invite him over. They are all the Sunni Muslims in America. Smiling and shining. There's no racism in Islam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah for the Europeans, for the Americans. Out of all the brothers in the United States, the Saudi Arabians invite Minister Louis Farrakhan. Knowing he's teaching from the teachings of the Almighty Elijah Muhammad, right. knowing that he thought that the white man is the devil and the 
But I will not align myself with no pale Arabs who align themselves with the American government building weapons. That's right. When people in Ethiopia are starving to death and Sudan is starving to death, Muslim countries are starving to death. But which Muslim countries, brothers and sisters? The white ones or the black? <laughs> we don't have our own poverty in Turkey. That's right. Or Iraq. Right. If they didn't shoot up, never know it would be the most modern city in Islam world. I didn't say Islamic, I said Islam. <laughs> they had to turn it into a parking lot. Meanwhile, brothers in Sudan starving to death. In Ethiopia, in Somalia, Muslim countries, but black Muslim countries. The so-called devil, the Jew, Yahoo's grafted devil. He will go to Israel and support Israel. I'm talking about the United States of America, who spends billions of dollars strengthening the military of Israel. Saudi Arabia spends billions of dollars in America buying weapons that they'll never use against nobody but us. But they won't use it against the white man because they love the white man. Why do they love the white man? So you give him nothing. Give him nothing. He didn't even know they existed until they had some oil. So it's a black thing. And it's a day and time we end when the family of Adam have got to come together. I don't care whether you speak Spanish, Cuban, Latin, Japanese, Malaysian, Indonesian, Arabic, Hebrew. I don't care what you speak. You are a child of the sun. When I say a child of the sun, I mean you're the only race of people who can live under the sun. to ultraviolet light causes more than half a million skin cancer cases each year. The number is expected to double by the year 2000. That's right. And you believe they came from other galaxies or they're extraterrestrials, <laughs> then why they can't get up there? Why they keep blowing up every time they try to get up there? Right. Now, there's three domains we know about. Right? We know about the domain we're in. Then we know about the domain of Allah. And then we know about the domain of sin. If the domain of Allah is up, because we say similarity, similarity, we give using up. And a dunya is here, the world. And the white man taught us that hell was below, Hades. If he didn't come up, and he can't live here, where is he from? Hell. hell. Then what is he? Yes, it is. Is uh, magic wand a Yes, it is. 
How about alcohol? Yes. How about prostitution? Yes. How about war? How about AIDS? How about business? How about diarrhea? How about herpes? Are these all part of devilment? Did we have these in Mother Africa? Do you hear anything about ancient Egypt? No. When back in Egypt we had diseases? No. The first thing he had to do is to divide us up and call us Africans. That's what he did. Put up in all kinds of loud <laughs> They go to Nigeria, they got on plaids and speckles and banners and ribbons and so and so. And they said, this is our national dress. That looks like it is. You go to Europe, they all wear suit and tie. Germans wear suit and tie. Italians wear suit and tie. French wear suit and tie. Americans wear suit and tie. They got to tell you where they're from for you to know it. Right. So if you can't even aim a rock and throw it at them without asking them who they are first. But when it comes up, we refuse to garb ourselves in the garb of righteousness. We're in a country that we built. We're not respected for building it by our own people. The white man obviously knows that you build the country. And that you have the ability to build without him. That's why he won't give you jobs. Because if he ever, ever lets you get your hand on the tools, you'll build another permit here. And create a nice wonder of the world.
on, college kids in here, tell me what you know. They have you leaving school looking for a job. Right. They don't have you leaving any school, which is a, a trick word for shul if you spell it out in Hebrew. They don't have you leaving creating jobs. What are you going to be? I'm going to be an executive secretary. <laughs> I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I want to be a doctor. A physician. A psychologist. I want a cat dance. <laughs> I want a soft shoe. I want Uncle Tom. I want to work under some more white folks. I want to remain the slave of the slave master. I want to get up every morning and pile on this metal object called a subway by the hundreds and stuff in there and squeeze and sweat. And then get out there and go in the place and push a card in and sit down and do what he says to to make him rich to keep us in slavery. Because if you make it $500 a week, boy, you giving him five thousand. Otherwise, you have no value. You know how they work. They started off, like Uncle Elijah Mama said, by making us hate ourselves. You sisters, and I was talking to the sisters in the community yesterday about the same thing. You sisters are under the illusion that we think y'all are pretty. This I want from my mother, this I don't. This I want from my dad, this I don't. 
the only decision you'll ever make in your life is when you start making decisions that are not pre-programmed in the computer of the Western world for what you'd be. You understand that? And like your sister was asking, what, where, where is the help? What is the help? Atonement is the help. Atonement is it. You must sacrifice something. If brother should have asked her, what are you willing to sacrifice to get relieved of the surroundings of the devil? But see, you want the devil to leave you alone, but you don't want to give up nothing. Right. So what you mean that the thing that's attracting the devil to you is still there. So if you want to get the devil off your back, then change your jacket. Just like you are God incarnate. And you, 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 and you, and you, and you, and you. And you. Bring it out. Okay. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said, our Father, who art in heaven. And if he's our Father, and I'm his Son, and my Father is what I am, and I am what my Father is, when you see me, you see my Father, and when you see me, you see God. Let me correct this one more time. Let me correct this one more time. I didn't say a lot. So I, mean, I don't want you small, I don't want you small minded student Muslims to twist this around. God's yeah. a way of taking me and Minister Louis Farrakhan's words and twist them around. That's right. See, Minister Louis Farrakhan is the best speaker we got today. That's right. Yeah. We both serve a purpose. We came in a pair. So every time somebody came as a single, you didn't listen. We came as a pair this time. You follow that? Follow me like I'm the writer. And he's the speaker. I heard Minister Louis say, there's nobody out here that can speak like me. And I, I, look, I, look, I watch his tape and I said, he's right, he's a better speaker than I am, my father. My father. But then I said, but there's nobody out here who writes like I do. come to the reality that we need each other. Yeah. You follow that? And I've made those steps forward. I know he has too, because I'm listening to his tape and I hear him using doctrine. No Muslim that believes that Prophet Muhammad will be seen in the judgment. They don't teach that they will see Prophet Muhammad in the judgment. They teach that they will see Jesus. And the sign of the judgment and the resurrection will be the return of Imam Esau, Jesus, along with the Mahdi. It made me blush. <laughs> because I've said too many times, okay, I recognize that you believe that Master Prophet Muhammad is a law in the personage. So the law came in the personage. That he breathed of his spirit into you and you became a living soul. Because you did say he came, because if he came, he was somewhere. 
the Allah, as we know him, is always here. Yes. And if he's here, he can't be there. But he can be here and there. And he can't be over there and not here, and he can't be over here and not there any one time. But he can be here. Because when I see you, like Jesus said, I see God. If you do the words of God. I'm using God so I don't insult nobody. You understand? Black people get insulted so easily. You talk about their white God, they ready to hit you. <laughs> but let the white man down Uncle Elijah Muhammad or Sheikh Dawood or Noble Jali or Clarence 13X or Malcolm X and they love that. Let the white man say Elijah Muhammad had a bunch of secretaries he had sex with. Oh, and President Kennedy had wings up. <laughs> President Kennedy and his brother and his brother and his other brother was all hooked up with the same woman, Marilyn Monroe. They just passed it down. All y'all know about us is Cleopatra and Nefertiti. How many husbands has Elizabeth Taylor had? But you talk about the honor of Elijah Muhammad having more than one wife. He didn't know it. He just assumed it. That's right. All conjecture. Yeah. All hearsay. He got it from an angry son. Yeah. Sons get angry at their fathers all the time. Uh, get mad. One so I hate him. How many times when you was a kid, you said, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> Wait till I get big enough, I'm going to knock him out. He said, now my mother in the kitchen. When you got big enough, he said, come on. <laughs> Wait till I get big. <laughs> the next thing was, I'm getting out of this place. <laughs> we see your people, we see what you read, and we don't want it anymore. We don't want to put what you're putting on television into our children anymore. So either give us some land of our own or let us go home. That's what Minister Farrakhan is talking about right now. And I can't say nothing about that. It's wrong. Give us some land of our own or let us go home. And do for us when we go home the same thing you do for Israel. Support us. Build our defense. Do the exact same. Don't just throw us out in no desert and leave us there and make a joke out of it. That Don't you realize the reason why black people love you so much? Because they're smart enough not to leave you? Until they can stand on their own. They look like Tom. The brothers and sisters you don't like out there. You say, that nigga was a Tom. Look at him. He's towering up on the white people. He's just a little smarter than you. You just don't see it that way. He's, I'm standing real close to white because white got it all. <laughs> white eat steak and y'all are eating at McDonald's and white cattle. <laughs> yes, white produces the clothes, we buy it. White produces the music, we listen to it. He produces the television programs, we watch it. He subliminally brainwashes us to be what he wants us to be. So, when I see a black woman, I don't see him. I gotta see a white woman to see beauty. You know how you know? A good brother, he means well, Eddie Murphy. He does a whole lecture, because that's the comedy is, a lecture. And he prefers, in his lecture in Princeton, Oprah, he puts second, and he puts Brooke Shields first. He said, well, between Oprah and Brooke Shields, I'm sorry, Oprah, he thought he said something slick. Because he didn't put Oprah against Raphael. You know who that is, right? Eh? Another show host, Sally. Oh, Sally. Who on fake face? Look like Michael Jackson's face. He didn't put them 
together. He took one of the white women, the, the white man's best looking white woman, and compared her to Oprah. She's all right. I mean, she ain't no Iman. But, but in the family of looks, she gets about a four. But when he compared to, notice that he compared a, what they consider, a glamorous white woman to a, a regular sister. Now, if you would said, well, between Iman and Brooke Shields, Iman. <laughs> Anywhere it goes, they have brainwashed you and me, and you know it's true, brothers. We don't know what beauty is no more. That's right. Don't tell me beauty's in the eyes and hold it. He said that too. <laughs> you don't know what beauty is, because we don't see black women as pretty no more. That's why they gotta, like the brother said, oh, they gotta perm their hair and pluck their eyebrows and redraw them in and slant their face and sharpen their nose and paint their lips, try to make them thinner. You have forced the woman to do that, then you stand back and talk about it. You're forced to do it because when she walks by, you don't look. When she walks by, you don't open the door. You're not courteous. You're not kind. You're not respecting the black woman. But all white women walk by, and they can be jumping out the way. Not only in the South, right here. I live here, South and the Caribbean. I see you talking all over the world for white women, smiling in their face. We got to re-educate that little boy there to what beauty is. Understand? If you don't know, look in the mirror. If you need a tape measure for your nose, carry one. <laughs> but when you start looking in the mirror, man, and you look at your lips and your nose, and you start seeing these big lips and these big nose, and then look at a woman with a, a skinny nose and thin lips and say, that's pretty, what did you say about yourself? Right. Like the comedian said, this, three out of every three people, Right? <laughs> out of every three people, two of them ugly, isn't it? Yeah. So if you look on your right and left, and both of them are not ugly, guess what? <laughs> but the sad part about it, who decided what was ugly? Us or the white man? White, white, white. Why? Because he is Metro Golden Mayor. Isn't that a coincidence that the first ambassador of the state of Israel, her name was? What a coincidence, Alex. A man she And she's responsible for Sambo and Angie Mama and Uncle Ben and Bo Jangle and Rochester. She's also responsible for Superman and Batman and Claude Gable. And what's the other one, the homo? trying to say. And I, I, if you Sunni Muslims are too stupid to see that, there's something seriously wrong with y'all. Forget the difference in our doctrine and see what the man is trying to say and it makes sense. Because you are so busy badgering the honor of Elijah Muhammad about Master Farah Muhammad, about who the devil is, that you wasn't listening to what he was saying and you sure didn't see what he did because you was here before the man. 
before Elijah came, you were here. And you couldn't turn the hearts of the fathers toward their sons. That's right. Right. That's right. Sunni Muslims were already in America before he came. That's right. And before Master Farad Muhammad came to him, they were already here. Mm. Please show me one of your mosques that you built. Not no white Arab came over here and built for you. Show me one mosque that all the dark Sunni Islam, dark skinned people you have built. None. Show me a salam restaurant. Show me a newspaper, a series of books, a button. Show me something to let us know that you're here. Because what they did is they concentrated on you not being here. That's the past the Arabs got with America. Don't turn our niggas into Muslims. Why don't they want you to become Muslim? Because being Muslim will be the first decision you ever make. And if you make that decision on your own, decision making is going to start being fun. The first decision you're going to make is when you're going to say, That's going to be the first one. Then you're going to go to the prophet. You know why? Because you already read the Bible. Arabs don't read the Bible. It's tampered with as far as they're concerned. They made up, they've got their own Quran, their own everything now. But you've read the Bible. So when they say prophet, you think, oh Jesus, of course. Tell me about Jesus. They can't. You don't believe me? Next week, don't come here. Go visit Sunni Muslim mosques and ask them questions about Jesus. Say, excuse me, was Jesus crucified? Yes or no? They'll say, no. The Quran says that Jesus was not crucified. Nor did he hang on the cross. He was not killed. No, but it's only made to look that way. Well, okay, gotcha. Now I'll explain the story to you. I got that, and I got the Bible here. Now you're going to have to tell me that this whole Bible is tampered to justify this one verse. You can't see? You see the trick? The whole book got to be tampered with for this one verse. Except for when you want to prove that the comfort is Muhammad. Then all of a sudden, there's verses in the Bible that are not tampered with. Right. <laughs> Except for when you want to prove that there's certain verses in there that prove that Abraham is my Dr. Uh, Jamal Budry said. When one reads the book of Genesis, when it says that God ordained Abraham to take his only son, Isaac. Isaac was never the only son. The one who was the only All of a sudden, the Bible ain't tampered with. I, I don't know. I heard that before. Somewhere, the Quran says that there are people like to pick and choose from our revelation. What suits them? When you say, well, walk with me through the scriptures. Walk, one, two, let's go. They cannot do it. Talk to them. Ask them, is Muhammad white or black? You know what they'll say to you? No, they'll say that's not important. <laughs> That's not important whether he's white or black. Say, well, if it was not written in any hadith that he was white, then it wouldn't be important. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you didn't affix right rights to the Quran and explain them and say Muhammad was white, then it wouldn't be important. Because everybody would know he's black because you can't produce nothing from white. <laughs> so the original man had to be black. That's a fact. But because you Sunnis got hadith saying Muhammad is white, literally, Bukhari, Tilmi, 
You got these books that you wrote with your own, written with your own hands. Ooh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a place in the Quran that says that men that write books with their own hands for a price. So you ask, did the Prophet Muhammad write the Quran? Some scholars say yes. Some scholars say no. Some scholars say we don't know. But they'll say, Jesus never wrote a book with his own hands. You're right. It's right. And the Quran confirms that Jesus never wrote a book with his own hands. For the Quran says what? What we gave to Jesus. Who gave it to Jesus? John gave it to Jesus. Because it says in the book of Revelation, this is a revelation which what? Allah gave unto to Jesus to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent it and he signified it by his servant John. That's what he said, brother. So don't say, did Jesus write a scripture with his own hand? Because the Quran also confirms that Jesus was the word of Allah. Right. Called him Khalid, the word. But you took and called Moses the word. The Quran says Jesus is the word. But you ask the Muslim, what is Moses' secret name? They say, Kalimullah. Show me that in the Quran, say. <laughs> See, this is the answer creed. If I don't leave anything here, I want to leave with you the word, show me that. <laughs> That's what makes an answer, you know. That should make us different than every other group of Muslims out here. We're like, show me, man. <laughs> Got the Bible in my hand. Get the Bible in my hand. Christians say, well, they, Jesus says it. Show me. <laughs> I want to see where it says Jesus so and so. Well, it's in there somewhere. Well, you other things in there somewhere. We're not talking about anything. Show me what you're talking about. If you didn't have enough, if you didn't have enough faith to study the exact verse and the chapter, why should I even bother listening to you? Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. <laughs> There's a place in the crowd that says there's people that are like mules that carry books on their back. <laughs> Why they use a mule? Because you can't get any dumb on <laughs> <laughs> So when you go to a Sunni Muslim and you say, well, um, I visited the Ansar. Sarkullah. <laughs> <laughs> Those brothers are not Muslim. That man, that man says that he is Allah. See, that's called altering words. <laughs> Some of those who are Jews altered words from their places. I said, all of you are Allah. You are the original man, the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the creamer of planet, the father of civilization, and God of the universe. When you were spirit, you were supreme. When you were seed, you were supreme, and now you are supreme. They call the Prophet Muhammad in the Quran, Khulqul Azim. They say, created supreme in the Surah of the Ten. <coughs> well, they will take and say, created great. Then say, what's the name Al-Aziz mean? Uh, mighty. Then what's the name Al-Musakib? Uh, they keep jumping from great. Then why do you say, Allahu Akbar means Allah is the greatest? <laughs> <laughs> Show me the answer, please. Because we live by the word of Allah. Man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Right. Right. What he says. 
So when someone starts rattling on with their mouth, say, show me it in the words of the Lord. Wait a second. When I got this hadith that says, oh, don't go, don't let me get away. Oh, so the hadith is from Allah? Mm-hmm. Well, no, the hadith is a collection of men. No, no. Did this, is this, did this, did this come down that night, laid out for the No. Then I don't want to hear it. Right. 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 I'm not in the day and time to listen to it. I'm sorry, y'all Arabs just got rich. We're still poor. We don't have the time to be messing around. The whole world is succeeding except us, and we were the first ones here. So we must have been wrong. We don't have anything. What do we sell? No. What don't we buy? <laughs> Anything he brings in, we buy. Right. But we sell nothing. Where is our tomorrow? The only, only tomorrow we have is if we make it. <laughs> exclusive formula enriched with nature's secret substance to enhance and beautify your whole appearance. Mahdi shampoo, conditioner, lotion, and soap contain the exotic scent of the ancient musk that dwells freely in the mountainous regions of the Himalayas. Our exclusive scent of musk has been traditionally called mist. It is commonly known amongst the lineage of the prophets that the scents of rose, myrrh, frankincense, and musk stimulate good moods, good character, and generate a pleasant environment. Mahdi luxurious mist scent keeps the body at the peak of performance. Rest assured that Mahdi ingredients pamper the body to give it that smoother, natural look that only your body deserves. You owe it to yourself to look good with Yishudi products. So be good to your body and your body will look good to you. Available in your neighborhood at your nearest tents of key Don't let the man trick you. See, we started red, black, and green way back in Martha's Garden's time. Right? They didn't tell you that that same red, black, and green is Marcus Garvey used here. He got from a Sudanese called Dus Mohammedu Ali. He didn't tell you that. This history is in the books. And he was a Sudanese who he met in Egypt. You know about that. Now, if he was Sudanese, and back then, the flag of the Sudan was the Mahdi flag. This flag right here. This flag right here was the flag of the Mahdi. You see that? You think that this is a coincidence that this flag happens to have the same colors that Marcus Dabi happened to get from a man he happened to meet from the Sudan who happened to be in Egypt at the time? <laughs> Does it seem like it? No. But see, the devil gets in again. He moved the black and put it where the red is. The Mahdi, that man over there, Alayhi salam. He purposely put the black on top. Because the black represented us. The red represents blood. You understand? Red, black, and green means you plan to bleed again. Imagine says, no, no, no. I'm coming in the name of Allah. And we will not bleed again. And the British came out against them. The Turks came out against them. The Egyptian, a little band of men, a, little, a small group of desert people, no weapons but faith that has the power to move mountains is all they had. And they stood behind the Mahdi, alayhi salam. And they rose that flag. And they conquered. 
So here we again, we rose the flag, and now all of a sudden things are happening in America. So they're easing the Jamaican flag. They're easing the red, black, and green flag. They, easy, they start easing the Ethiopian flag. The trick again. Right. The white man don't care nothing about you. Right. He'll take your life and drink a cup of coffee on it. Right. You don't believe me? Ask the Japanese. Okay. Ask the Vietnamese. He'll wipe you out without ask the Panamanians. Yeah. He only told you about a portion of the deaths that took over there, took place. He didn't tell you I was an all-black neighborhood today, bomb. He'd have a whole lot of stuff out of that dialogue, which is true. They know what they're doing. You think AIDS is an accident system? AIDS is a form of germ warfare. This disease will kill more people this year than all other viral diseases combined. According to Dr. Robert Strecker, AIDS is a man-made, genetically engineered virus that was either accidentally or deliberately introduced into the world's population. Nobody dies of AIDS. They die from their immune system breaking down and whatever disease is there attacks them and kills them. So tell me how many cures they're going to need. How many cures? Because if each one of y'all catch AIDS, you're going to die for a different reason. So your cure is different than your cure and your cure. And the white man ain't going to spend that money trying to do that. He's doing another thing. He's spending the money trying to get out of here and leave you with the disease. You think he's shooting up his space shuttle for? You know, he wants to go up there and live. And he did all, he destroyed the planet. He destroyed the ozone. You make, you make any spray cans? What other soul cans you ever made? Spray what? Hair sheen or afro sheen and spray down by black people where? They ain't created a thing here. We're not responsible for the diseases. But he will leave you here to die. And your preacher don't know that. Because he's so busy saying Jesus is going to come and save us. Jesus, we waited 379 years for this spook God. Where was he in Georgia when the crackers burnt up, blew up that church in the little kitchen? Yeah. Where is he? If he's there to help, where is he? Where is the spook God y'all been waiting for? We've been waiting with you. Every now and then. Every now and then, you know what y'all do? Y'all lie and fool the world and say, there's a cross out from Greece to the sky. There's a big cross. That means Christ is coming. You remember that? Yeah. And all the Christians are marching out the Queens and looking. Oh my God, Christ is going to come. And they told them, Muslims, told everybody, it's all over. Salvation is coming. And they find out the little kid is flying. <laughs> and they say, uh oh, we didn't found the actual shroud of Christ. The actual burial cloth. He left his spiritual impression on it. He left his impression on the cloth he went through. But he had to move a rock to get out the case. <laughs> That's the side point. <laughs> you found a shroud. And this shroud means, yes, Christ did die on the cross our sins, thus he is coming back. I don't see the grave between you, but because he died on the cross our sins and he left his impression, here he is, they went and made a picture of him, he had long blonde hair, they, they you know, they x-rayed it, they hologrammed it, and they said, this is Christ. Then somebody found out that someone made it in the 14th century. <laughs> Some artist made the shroud. All the went, How many more? There was a statue in Rio de Janeiro of all places to be there. It cried. Okay. All the Christians ran over there, paid their tickets and flowed there to see Mary cry. <laughs> and I think 
But he said, I ain't ready for this. Jesus said, I'm not ready. Now, there's a man who brought back the dead. But he's not ready to die. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus became like they said. Who do, here's what Jesus says to them, who do people say the Son of Man is? They say, the prophet, Elijah? No. Another thing, let me tell you, this, this is another trick the Arabs are playing on y'all. There's three different names for Elijah in the Quran, spelled three different ways. They spell it two different ways in the same chapter. And then they say, well, that's one is Elijah and the one is Iliad. Then who's the third? Who's that third? Could that have been the honorable Elijah Muhammad? Could it have been? Let's think about it. The Arabic, you can't just Because it's there three different ways. Name another prophet in the Quran whose name is spelled three different ways. And why? And then name another prophet who's predicted to come as clear and as cite as it says about Elijah in the books of Malachi. And even in the books, way back in the Bible, he said, if you see me, you're going to get a double portion of it. What and what did that Elijah back there do? He did the things that Christ did. He raised the dead. Were you not mentally dead? Yes, yes, yes. Did you know?